fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. The pipes are well lubricated because I haven't had to do that for a long time, <laughs> but it feels really good to be back on the microphone with the boys. I am Ron oh, Luce, yeah. joined tonight by Mr. Tyler Edmonds and the juice man himself. Boys, first off, how are you gentlemen doing tonight? Guys, it is great to finally get to talk to you guys again. First of all, like we were talking about before all this, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Absolutely. For today, I'm cracking one. There we go. Let's go. Happy anniversary. I'm great, guys. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you too, buddy. Juice, how you doing, my man? Doing good, man. Just uh, I'm taking in like seven sporting events right now via – you know, phone technology is great, isn't it? So if you see me like gazing out over here to um, Stu, South Bend Stu over here, it's because he's holding my phone right now. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, happy anniversary, boys. Uh, I'm going to make a uh, statement on that. This is the last one I'm going to celebrate because I'm mm. tired. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for another one. I'm, I like I've, that. I've moved. I like that. After six years here, six years is enough. It's. You know, it's 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 time. It's I'm, this is the last one. I'm gonna fully 100. I I will look at fond memories, but I ain't making posts no more. I'm not telling my story about it. I'm ready for the next one. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, no, it is good to see you guys again. And yes, happy anniversary. Six years ago today, the Cubs did something magical. They won the World Series. In case you didn't know, um, bless uh, Jeremiah. How you doing, sir? Good to good to be back. It's good to be back at Cubs on Tap. I haven't seen you guys in a while. Last Cubs on Tap show, uh, Juice, you and Joey ran one after the Jed Hoyer presser, uh, and we've we've had a little bit of silence here. You know, we've we've had some uh, you know we've had some other things going on. We've got Juice and I being uh, making some appearances over on Bears on Tap. Uh, we got Tyler killing it over here with articles day in and day out. We've been busy. We've been busy beavers. Um, in that time being, but uh, gentlemen, uh, let, let's talk a little bit about it right at the gate, shall we? Six years ago today, um, I still remember where I was. I was I was in the middle of my bed in a uh, prayer position uh, as that uh, that last at bat was happening, and um, the ball hit Rizzo's mitt, and I went to jump out of my bed, and the sh- I got caught in the sheet a little bit, and I uh, I almost face planted out of my bed. Um, then ran and, and my mom met me in the, the doorway of her bedroom. And I remember picking her up and she said the next day her ribs were sore because of how hard <laughs> I grabbed her and hugged her. Cause we were all so excited. Um, you know, cause again, for me, like my parents were both Cubs fans. So like, that's what made me a Cubs fan. So to see them get jubilant and excited about it was cool too. But juice, I like, I like where your head's at though with that. Right. Like, I, I think that's a fair thing. We can all sit here and be like, Damn it, that was a fun year. Like that whole ride was fun because I remember that whole playoff time. You know, Tyler, you were mentioning after game one losing your voice after the the Baez home run, and like yeah. I still remember watching like game two of the World's or not game two. It might have been game. No, it might have been. I think it was game two of that Giant series. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching that up at the bar after like one of our college football games because I was a senior in college that year. I was like hanging out with a bunch of my buddies that were Cubs fans from school, and like, yeah, you know, I, I those are the memories I have, right? Like of the the pieces throughout the way too. Like I was with I was with a bunch of teammates after a game. We were watching them clinch the the NL pennant. Like the, those those all kind of resonate as well. Um, but that's my story's not as exciting. Juice, I mean, you you have a pretty good one. Uh, Tyler, I don't know your story, though. I would love to hear yours as well. 
Um, just again, like like Juice said, we'll we'll celebrate one more time of what happened six years ago today. Uh, well, uh, I was I was I believe I was two years in at the two years in at the fire department. But on my days off, I was delivering pizzas for Domino's, and like we said beforehand, that was the most stressed out I've been up until this point now. So stressed. I like you said, I lost my voice after the bias home run, but I was delivering pizzas. And I had called in to work in the NLCS, or I called in to Domino's, and they lost that night. And I was like, never again, never again. I'm not calling in no more. Um, uh, I had a hat. I had this Anthony Rizzo hat that I got uh, earlier that year. I always brought it with me. I either had it on the fire truck. I had it in my car while I was delivering pizzas. Always had it. Uh and I remember I had my phone in the back where I folded boxes, box folding Domino's Pizza Champion, by the way. <laughs> official, but I am. I was. Uh, but uh, I just remember being from the, the lowest low from when uh, uh, Rajah Davis hit that home run. I remember being at the lowest, just, just the lowest low to, to the point where I was looking into like, you know, thinking about calling in sick the next day to just being at just the highest high. Like I just had delivered a pizza when they hit that, when uh, the ground ball to, to Bryant, uh, I remember driving around the square, just blaring my horn, you know, almost at midnight in this little town I live in and, and calling my dad, like my dad, was, my dad's a big Giants fan, but when he's not rooting for the Giants, he was, he was rooting for the Cubs. And I remember just calling him. Oh, I was crying, dude. It was, I mean, just great. So fun. Such a, such a, and like you said, like I was saying earlier though, the so fun, but so, so stressful, like so stressful, but man, I, I, oh, I, I, I loved it. It was great. It is great. And like Jeremiah said here in the comments, that is the beauty of baseball, right? I mean, that's, that's what we get up and live for. And juice, yeah. you were, you were ooting a boot with the, the Cubs faithful, right? Yeah. Well, I so World Series, yes. Some of the playoff run, I would go out and I would. Uh, um, I know Joey for a fact was out in Wrigley. Um, yeah, he was, but yeah, he was. But for me, so I'll start all the way at game three. So, game three, I was watching normal spot hanging out. And if you guys remember, game four was close, obviously, to Halloween. And yeah, as you guys know here at on tap really good friends and I've been longtime friends with buzz. We had our own uh, friend group that every year we had a Halloween party. Well, this, this year actually fell on the year that buzz was renovating his first house. So he had things all over and was unable to throw the, the Halloween party. So I stepped up and I said, yeah, I'll throw it. So I'm sitting at game, you know, game three with my family and they, obviously they lose that one. Um, and I'm like, man, like I really don't want to have this party. It's a lot of people that I don't watch these games with coming into the house. I'm entertaining people, you know, having to run around and make sure that, you know, everybody's having a good time. I want to be able to watch the game. And my mom being the saint that my mom is and my sisters, you know, they helped me out a little bit while that was going on. But obviously they lose, you know, game four. Yep. And I'm standing there with Buzz. And I'll, I'll never, I'll never ever forget this because I'm sitting there like, man, hey, that's, that's over. That was fun. It's a good run. You know, you never expect them to win three in a row against a team like that with the pitching they had and the run that the Indians were on. It, it did. It seemed, you know, insurmountable at that point. Um, and I remember Buzz being the good side. He goes, you're going to make a series out of it. 
So that, he's like, I don't know if you'll win the whole thing, but if you win game five, there'll be a game seven. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm sitting in my sulking in my beer and like, yeah, this is, this thing's over. He's full of shit. So game five happens. And this is when I was still in the liquor industry. So I had to count um, inventory the night of game five. So I watched and listened to game five on the radio for five innings. And I don't think I've ever counted more in my life. Um, but so you had to get stuck listening to Aaron Boone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting. Yeah. It was bad, but I mean, it was something at that point, you know, Hey, it's way better than, you know, not knowing what was going on. But so around the fifth inning we finished, but I'll never forget. We always did like a meal before we counted, you know, the store paid for, you know, what we ate before we got to go do the inventory and it was pizza, beggars pizza. And I, as Ron, I hate beggars pizza. I think it's, I think it's low at whatever. So they won that game, right? And I raced home and my aunt and all, all these people are over at my house. And I'm like, that's my seat. I'm sitting in my seat. Everybody, you know, nobody's like, nobody sat in that seat. All right, I'm back. So we watched Everybody them. move. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so we're watching the, you're watching the game. They close it out. And I looked at everybody, my aunt and, and uncle, they live in Chicago. I'm like, I don't care what you're doing. You're coming back, you know, for game six, you figure it out. You know, I don't care what you're doing. You got to make sure you're here. They did. And I made sure we ordered beggars pizza. They won game six pretty, pretty handily. And I looked at everybody else and I said, you know, they're going to play game seven. And every single person who's in this room is going to be in this room. And I will go and pick every single one of you up if I have to. And we're eating the same shit again. So get your appetite ready. So game seven happens. The same people came We're watching the game, watching the game. And obviously they're leading comfortably. Yeah. And my dad calls his best friend, diehard White Sox fan. And was like, hey, you know, they're come over, feel free. I, he comes over, it all fell apart. All fell apart. Oh, oh no. And he, White Sox fan guy, is yelling, This is the best baseball game I've ever seen. And I'm sitting over here like, mm. this is. Not, not Shut now. up! Yeah, you're like, <laughs> to the point where, and I've never get in the seventh inning. I went to go grab a beer out of the garage fridge, and I'm walking past him. And he taps me on the shoulder and goes, "Congratulations on your World Series!" And I said, "Don't you fucking dare!" <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so, you know, fast forward, they come back, they win. Awesome! I had bought a full case of shitty champagne. Just in case, case. but I did not bring it in the house. It sat in my car that whole time with the receipt in it because I was too worried that if I were to bring it in even near the house, that it would jinx it. Ran in there there and I I made sure I lit the receipt on fire and we poured it all over ourselves. Our whole family was out there popping bottles in our backyard. It's awesome. (laughs) Went to work the next day, smelled like booze, was told to go home. That's what I tweeted out today. Smelled like booze, told I was... Uh, told to go home. I said, "Well, I'm not going to be back for a week because I got I'm going out of bender. You know, I got a parade tomorrow or two days from now. I'm going out of bender. So that's that's my story. Hey, it's on it's on the record here, and that's it. This is the last time that I'm bringing this one up until they win another one, and I got another one to sit and talk about on the show with you guys. Because it's not it's not that I didn't love that season. It's it's time. You know, it's the one thing I always like." I always kind of laughed at, 
you know, the, the South side being like, oh, 2005. I'm like, that, that was forever ago. That's 20 years ago. Mm. I said, if I were ever to win one, I, would, I wouldn't bathe in it that long. And I'm ready. I'm done. Six years, plenty of time. To, I had my celebrations. I got the DVDs. I got all the memorabilia. I saw it. I'm here. I want another one. Yeah, and I think that's the, I think that's the right method to take with it too, because you know it is one thing to enjoy those wins, right? But but it's natural to want more, and I think us as Cubs fans have the page has been turned, right? It's no longer just one before I die. It's no, let's keep doing this. This shit's fun. Like winning World oh, yeah. Series is cool and tough. Like let's keep doing it, and. You know, I, I think that's what Jed Hoyer and Dan Kantrovitz and Carter Hawkins and company in the front office feel as well. And even David Ross and the players on the field. And maybe this is a perfect opportunity, I think, for us to start churning our conversation to the present day, right? And what we're, mm-hmm. we're witnessing. Obviously, um, Juice, to your point, you're looking over at, uh, at your bobblehead holding your phone. I'm looking over to my left here because I have a little TV up in that corner over there uh, with the World Series on as well. Tyler's doing the same, as you can see him pointing on the live, on the live stream here. Now, we're all watching. Yeah. Uh, but October baseball is oodles and oodles of fun. Obviously, it's November now, but nonetheless, it's still October baseball in theory. And couple familiar faces in this series uh, for Cubs fans. Obviously, Kyle Schwarber's there. Nicholas Castellanos, who's my favorite, is is, is there. Um, amongst others, David Rob. Hey, how about, how about our boy Robertson? How about boy, yeah. our boy D-Rob getting traded to the Phils and getting a, getting a run at the, at the World Series? Good for him. But, I mean, I agree. I really do agree, Juice. And a guy that could be a part of that next great Cubs team – was rightfully awarded. And, and as anybody watching the live stream here can see, uh, it's my little tagline for the night. May it go on record. I know they showed all the signs in the in the stands throughout the season of people saying it. And you get people that are on Twitter, oh, I've been saying it all year. We are on motherfucking record here at Cubs on Tap. I brought it up every single goddamn show that I could that Ian Happ better win the gold glove this year. And son of a bitch, he did it. And I'm so happy for Ian Happy. Absolutely deserved it. Played an incredible left field all season long. Guys, I mean, how pumped were you to see that news? I know I, I was I was knee deep in the day job, was in a terrible mood. And then I saw come across my phone, Ian Happ wins the gold glove. And I'm like, let's go. Let's you know, go. it gave me a revitalized, you know, and a, a better sense of, hey, fuck yeah, let's go, Ian. Like he got what he deserved. And I would love to hear you guys' thoughts on it because I think we all agreed. We talked about it all season long. Like he was deserving of being in that Gold Glove conversation. Oh, easily. Like I was, like I was pumped for it, but at the same time, I wasn't surprised. He deserved it. Deserved it all year long. And kind of going back to you know talking about the current World Series now and what juice what you had finished with as far as having uh, just that winning mentality. I hope that. I hope Tom Ricketts and Jed Hoyer are watching the World Series right now, seeing what you know what the Phillies did as far as spending money. You know, a lot of people are like, a lot of people at the beginning of the year was talking about the Phillies and like, oh my gosh, they spent all this money on these players. I don't know, I don't know. Look what's happened. I hope, I hope they are watching this and think, hmm, maybe we should do that for our guys. Maybe we should extend our guys. Maybe we should extend Ian Happ, extend Nico Horner, who, by the way, should have – he got robbed. He he got robbed of not even being – and I know not to take any – you know, I know the limelight right now is on Ian Happ, uh, but 
Horner got robbed as far as not even being named a finalist. But with that being said, I hope that, you know, I hope ownership is watching the World Series now, seeing what, you know, these guys, you know, what they did with the Phillies. And even I'm sure after this, I'm sure after this series, no matter whether the Astros win or lose, I'm sure Pena, uh, the shortstop for the Astros, he's going to get an extension, better get an extension. Uh, and I hope that they see that and maybe it just, you know, reminds them, hey, we need to uh, let's look at Ian Happ this offseason. Let's look at Nico Horner this offseason. Let's look at other guys this offseason and extend these guys. Because if if, if we as fans, it, fans need to have that expectation. Same the same mentality that we have now is like, let's win. It's time to win. We're the we're the fourth. What are we? The fourth highest, uh, the fourth most valuable team in baseball. Is that right? Well fourth right. most. And uh, we're not even, we don't even crack the top 10 in payroll. And I hate, I, I'm not going to, I'm not praising the Yankees because let's be honest, they haven't won a championship in 2009. But every year, teams like them, teams like the Dodgers, teams like, hell, look at the Braves right now. They all had that ex- expectation every single year. We're winning. Yeah, 2016 was great, but we, we, we need, like you said, let's move past it and, you know, have that winning mentality of, hey, we're winning every single year. And it starts with taking care of guys like Ian Happ, uh, Nico Horner. But, uh, yeah, props to Ian Happ, though, man. Uh, not surprised, but well-deserved. Yeah, absolutely. And, Juice, before you share your thoughts here, just to back up Tyler's argument about Nico Horner really quick. Um, amongst all shortstops in Major League Baseball, only one shortstop had a better outs above average uh, yep. Than our boy Nico Horner, and that was the Gold Glove winner Dansby Swanson. Uh, but in general, in baseball, if we're looking at the Gold Glove winners, um, two Gold Glove winners actually below Nico Horner uh, in outs above average. Uh, that being a pair of Cleveland Guardians and Stephen Kwan and Miles Straw. Well, Miles Straw was e- equivalent uh, to Nico Horner, but Nico Horner tied for the twelfth best outs above average uh, in baseball. At any position, that wasn't even just shortstop. So that just showed how good he was defensively. Again, I, I think we all knew Swanson was probably going to win it for the NL. He was just that good defensively at shortstop. But Nico Horner not even being named a finalist is a little insulting. So right. absolutely agree with you there. And uh, one, Juice, real quick, I hope yeah. I hope he takes that. I hope he takes that as just like the biggest slap to the face, and just it motivates him next year. And he just, I hope he wins it next year. I hope he just, man, I, I really do. And I think he will. I think he will use that as motivation because he seems like that type of guy. He does. He seems like that silent killer kind of yeah. player where he's just like, okay, watch watch me work and, and yeah. get it done. Juice, thoughts, my friend? Yeah, no, congrats to Ian. I Like like Tyler said, runaway winner of this award. I mean, there was no one near him at his position uh, in terms of defensively this year. It's It was almost like a coronation for him much of the year. He had won it fairly early in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I think like the best thing that, that Tyler said and, and agree with you, on, I think it's a two pronged approach for this. If you want to take a look at what's going on in the world series, it's, it's the, it's the ability to make the dance every year in the Houston Astros. And that's what you kind of strive for, right? You, you draft well, you scout well, and that's what they're trying to build here. And you get a crack at the egg several years in a row. And then also looking at the Phillies and being like, we could be a team that's both of that, a team that spends the money and scouts well. And at that point, that's you're almost you're towards the top of, of a dynasty at that point. You know, a team that and baseball, I think it's out of all the sports to identify what's dynasty. 
I think it's the hardest too because it is so tough to win, you know, multiple championships within a run. You know, we talked about that Giants team is probably the most recent dynasty, but I mean, these mini dynasties that the Houston Astros have going on and the LA Dodgers are, are very, we'll look back at this era and go, man, like they, they accomplished some impressive stuff, man. To win your division so easily every year as they both have and to get in and get, you know, several bites at the apple, I think is, but yeah, I think, I think there's two, you brought up two players there and Ian Happ and Nico Horner that with the rule changes that we're going to be talking about absolutely need to be brought back because they put an emphasis on having five tool players in your lineup, guys who could do it all. I mean, it's much like in, in hockey and in basketball. If you watch like the, these sports, the more two-way players, the guys who do more than one thing very well, those are the, those are the championship teams. Like you sit and watch Golden State, and they have guys like Draymond Green and, and Clay Thompson who shoot and can play some offense. You know, Steph Curry obviously is a generational talent at that. But then even to build like those old Blackhawks teams to go back in like the 2010 dynasties, they had a lot of two-way guys. And I oh, think yeah. that that's the way baseball is going to go now with these rule changes. It's not just going to be you can hide a guy out here or there. No, because the bases are going to be bigger. There's going to be more movement. There's going to be more uh, high – action plays mm-hmm. where you're going to need guys. I th- I think a lot for a long time, people like stuck somebody out in left field who can't play defense. And now it's going to be very much of an advantage to have a guy who could throw to bases to have a guy who is obviously, you know, more than just, Hey, stack him out there. He's a power hitter, you know, and very much so what Swarber was before he, you know, took that jump and got better defensively. You know, that's kind of what they were doing. I, uh, I I think that Ian Happ and I, I love to bring back like what Jed Hoyer said in the presser. I know we, me and Joey did that episode, you know, a while back, but you know, he had talked about Ian Happ and Nico Horner in the same breath as we're in the you know preliminary stages of negotiation, and they better be because you don't just let guys like that walk away when realistically those are mainstays and and guys you can build around. And you better figure it out because somebody is going to pounce on that pretty quick and make sure that Ian Happ and Nico Horner are within their lineup and and, and doing things that our five-tool player type guys do in a lineup or, or defensively. And like I said, there's just going to be a huge you know, premium put on guys who could run and play defense and steal bags coming next year. And that's not hard, easy to find because that's not where the game was – slowly transpiring too, you know, it's, it's, it's a skill that I think is, is going to be tough to replace in free agency or to scout immediately and bring in a guy that uh, is, is, is at the level that what those two guys are doing. So yeah, they better be on the phone with these two guys because those, those are guys that you build around, not, not just with. Absolutely. And speaking of a guy that's a good two-way player, uh, he was the Gold Glove winner in the AL and Kyle Tucker. He also just drove in now the fourth Houston Astros run in the current game. Uh, Astros breaking this one open in the fifth inning. But agree with you, Juice. I think those are all great points. Baseball is going to become a more two-way game. And I think because of that, it's going to become more entertaining, right? I think hockey kind of went through that evolution with more two-way players and it becoming more of a, a skilled two-way game and, and and guys that excel at that, and that's entertaining to watch. 
football in a lot of ways is like that. Obviously, two-way guys aren't necessarily the same deal because of two sides of the football, but guys that can do multiple things, right? Guys that can rush the passer and stop the run. Guys that can cover and play the run as you know DBs. Guys on offense, right? Pass blocking and heavily good run blocking offensive linemen. Tight ends that can block and catch the ball. You know, running backs that can you know do everything. Like being more versatile is where sports in general are going. Even, you know, you could even make the argument of basketball, right? We talk about guys that can guard, you know, one through five on defense and and how important that is. Like, that's absolutely the, the trend. And I, I'm happy that baseball is going that direction because I truly think it's going to make things more interesting. And I think these rule changes are going to th- make things more interesting, Juice. And I'm, I'm glad you said that because I think this is a good time for us to transition to some of these changes because there's some big ones. Uh, they're they're really going to change, I think, how a lot of teams play baseball. Obviously, a big one is the pitch timer, um, you know, 30 seconds between batters, 15-second uh, timer with bases empty, 20-second timer with runners on base, um, you know, they got a. There's a whole thing of it, you know, coming in motion. Uh, you know, say, uh, must, what is it? Pickoff attempts. As yeah, well? limited limited pickoff attempts. Two uh, or pitchers are limited to two disengagements, which is step offs or attempts per plate yeah. appearance. Um, you know, limit is reset if a runner or runners advance during the plate appearance. It's it's a very complex set of rules. It really is. Uh, you know, umpires can provide more time on special circumstances. Uh, you know, the, the mound visits obviously will stay in play, things like that. So that's a big one. Obviously, the defensive shift limits for infielders must be within the, the uh, outer boundary of the infield and the pitchers on the rubber. Uh, they cannot switch sides. In other words, teams can't reposition. Essentially, they're taking away the heavy shift uh, with, you know, uh, the, uh, the shallow right fielder uh, essentially is what it's been over the last couple of seasons. And then the bigger bases. Um, four and a half inch reduction in the distance between first and second and second and third, which is absolutely literally says in this article encourages more stolen base attempts. Yes. They want guys to run. And when you have guys, Ian Happ's got some speed. He stole some bags this year. Nico Horner had a great season stealing bases. He had what? 23. I think by the end of the year, he was the first cub to have more than like greater than 20. In it was something like, some and then like, well, he only got like caught stealing like what was it like two times maybe yeah three. he had it was, a really, it was something ridiculous yeah really strong success rate and again going back to a juice's tinfoil hat take from episodes and episodes ago is gonna live infamously until the cubs win because of this model but he said it right like the cubs know what they want where they want to go because theo epstein is probably a huge part of a lot of these changes and jed's been in theo's ear for the last decade you don't think Jed knew that they were going to start? The Cubs were the the hev- one of the heaviest running teams in baseball last season. Imagine what happens when you got a four and a half inch reduction from base to base. Most most throwouts are by a, a, a an inch or two. A guy sliding in, you just get him narrowly. The, the Cubs are going to run on everybody, and I can't wait to see that. And that's why I think. You know, I'm, I'm going to sprinkle a little bit of foreshadowing for later episodes this offseason from Cubs on tap here. But that's why I think a guy like Trey Turner fits in this Cubs lineup so perfectly because he can hit, but he can run like a motherfucker. And they're going to have guys up and down this lineup that can run. Nico, Ian, Seah showed off the wheels at times. You know, you go maybe get a guy like a Kevin Kiermeyer in free agency. He can run out in center field. You know, Morell can run. Um, 
the list goes on and on of guys that can run on this team. So you just continue to put guys out there who can run and have speed. And this team could could be motherfuckers. But guys, I want to want to turn it over to the two of you. Uh, maybe the rule that you think is going to have the biggest impact on baseball, I think, is something that's very interesting. And then just overall thoughts on on these, because again, there are three on the surface, right? It's three rule changes, but like complexity wise, there are three very complex oh, yeah. rule changes. Very complex. Uh, well, like you said, I think a lot of the emphasis is going to be placed on the athlete, the athleticism of players. Yep. Uh, I think it's going to affect uh, what certain guys make this year, which makes me want to think that I want to say the one rule change, and you could have a case for you know the three you talked about. You could have a case for all of them to be like the biggest rule change, the biggest difference maker. I think it's going to – the shift – I think with the shift change, I think you're going to see guys. Uh, obviously, I think you're going to see certain guys, uh, their numbers maybe go back up a little bit. Maybe like, a, say, a Joey Gallo. Uh, I think you're going to see guys that are going to get offered maybe more. Maybe I don't know necessarily higher contracts, but maybe more. Uh, maybe more offers on the table. Uh, as far as the whole stolen base thing, though, something that I just just realized, just thought of. And it's because I, I, my mind was on because I was reading, I read Joey's uh, article on Wilson Contreras the other day. Could this affect the contract that maybe Wilson gets offered? Because uh, with all these stolen base rates, you know, with the increase of stolen bases next season, could that affect what maybe he gets offered? I just, I just thought about that, but uh, yeah. Uh, I think gone are going to be the days of uh, like we talked about before, like this, and we kind of been talking about it in the past, anyways. Of just the only second baseman uh, that just strictly plays second base. I think you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of more uh, utility type guys, uh, guys that can play multiple spots, which you know Nico Horner has proven he can do. Uh, if we get a guy like Trey Turner, uh, he's proven to do that as well. Uh, Xander Bogarts has proven to do that as well, but. Uh, yeah, I'd say out of all three, and as far as like with the pitching and stuff like that, I think off the bat you're going to see it's going to be a big giant cluster. I want to say like maybe the first month. I think a lot of guys you're going to see a lot of guys screw up, especially with the pickoff attempts, especially with the just the whole just the confusion it brings. And I know these guys are, have been working on it and they're going to work on it, but still, some guys, some pitchers, just you know, you mess with the rhythm, you mess with their routine. Uh, they're completely different. Look at uh, look at Lance McCullers last night, and that's not even with a rule change. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think I think the first month you're going to see a lot of uh, just a lot of uh, frustration with the pitching changes, and who knows, maybe even a lot of the younger teams that have a lot of minor league players being you know on their roster in 2023, maybe they succeed more at first uh, because you know they've got younger guys that. Have that have played with those, you know, certain rules and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be crazy. That it is juice. What do you, what do you got, man? I know you're, I know you're excited to talk about these rule changes. because We've talked a little bit about them as the, the season was winding down. So I'm, I'm really interested to hear where your brain's at. I think I'm most excited because I watched them, you know, that they were doing them down here at the right. level and True. watching it. And it really, it really made speed like a huge factor on who won and lost games. I mean, I watched real quick. 
did you know like like when you when you went and watched you know all the South Bend games? Did you how big of a difference do you know? I'll tell you right now the the base looks ginormous, like the the new base. And I was looking too. We probably read the same article, Ron. There's forty five percent more surface area to grab. So some of these guys who aren't normal base stealers, mm-hmm. we're getting to the bag and, and pulling, you know, Javi Baez, like low-end, like dollar store Javi Baez moves and, and getting around guys because there's just more to grab. There's more to cover. Yeah, It made, it made such a premium on making sure that as a catcher, the ball beat the runner significantly. Like there's no just like slapping a tag down anymore. Like the ball's got to be there. And it made for some awkward exchanges, I'll admit, at second base. Like watching watching PCA, which is probably the worst example because he's just so damn talented. Um, I mean, I watched a game where he stole second and third easily. It had nothing to do with, with the bases, but then starting to think like, you know, then they started experimenting with guys down the roster and watching those guys go, and those guys are still successful. It's like, man, like really puts a premium in speed. I'll say the pitch clock stuff, it really didn't make a difference. It, no. I, I think like the getting the ball and throwing it for those guys, and that could just be that that's all they know, like you said earlier. Yeah. But the pitch clock stuff wasn't – I actually loved it because there wasn't a downtime to look down at my phone. It was like he pitcher got the ball, he's on the mound already, go. Like that's no. – I think it's really going to cut into the, to the times. It was nice too to like – watch a game that finishes within like 215, you know, 230 mm-hmm. at most. Yeah. Like that's that's what's nice. Like you get a good pitcher who's moving, that it's it's a really quick baseball game. And that's yeah. it's kind of nice. You know, I mean gone I think are the days where you're gonna spend like five, six hours at a ballpark now. I really do. I think it's just gonna be such a quick baseball game now. Um and with like the the pitch com and things like that you know, the advances in technology, I think it's made it a lot easier for them to meet that pitch clock. It's not egregious. I know I've seen a lot of people who, you know, didn't get a chance to experience it, and they're like, man, this thing's going to suck. And actually, I had a conversation with uh, with Prez, you know, Tony on tap over here about the pitch clock. He very much hates it. Um, but I told him, you're gonna, I'm like, you're going to love it within, like, probably two games. It, it's going to take a game or two to get used to. I'll say that because the normal time that I would take – to look up a player, I mean, the, that player was already in the dugout before you could find, you know, a, a stat line or whatever. Um, so it's interesting there. But I think to be, I think the base is the biggest change. I really – because I, I think that it yeah. changes the way you build a ball club. And the minute – you're not going to change – you're not going to change pitching because a guy has a better pickoff move or – you know, he's slow to the plate now with this. You're just he's just gonna adjust. You know, it's just a matter of, you know, if you're a slow worker, too bad. You know, I mean it's it's get the ball and throw it now. There's no there's no waiting now. And you know what? A lot of those guys are veteran guys that have probably overstayed their welcome in the MLB. You know, they're those crafty guys that that mess around with with timing. And yeah, pitching is that, but there's other ways that you can do that. There's Adam holding Wayne, right? leg kicks. Yeah, like or like Johnny Cueto, like there's there's quick sidesteps there's holding leg kicks there's you know turning your back to the pit like there's other ways you can mess around with timing other than you, hold the ball for forever do you think we'll see teams 
Speaking of that rule, do you think we'll see a lot more teams? Like, you know how used to 10 years ago, there was always a roster spot, not just for the playoffs, but there was always a roster spot for that speed guy. Like, is Terrence Gore getting a contract at the beginning of this year? I don't think it'll be. Oh, Cubs legend. I I think it'll be like they will be more emphasis on taking the five to a player over the power guy now. Like, I really truly, I believe that. And I think too, like defensively, like maybe you'll give up 10 home runs if it means you steal 10 more bases and commit five or 10 less errors. Like, I think that that's kind of the way that, and, and as a Cub fan, I'm excited about it because if you were to build a team with the rule changes for the future, the Cubs are at the perfect spot for it to kind of invest in a player or two or three that kind of fit these rule changes. And then if, I mean, I don't want to say that like South Bend was the only, you know, team that, that was successful with this, obviously, but like, it's the team that I watched obviously, but like the way that their roster was built, there's a reason that they won the whole thing. And it was, they stole a lot of bases. I'll tell you, they, they ran often. Um, and it wasn't just PCA. Like, they, they got people moving pretty often. And they played really good defense because they had, you know, three outfielders out there that were plus-plus defensively. They had two great middle infielders. And I've said it on the show for a long time, Pablo Aliendo is, if he can ever figure out how to hit consistently, like, he is, he's, like, amazing defensively. I, I love watching that kid play. His pop times, the way he gets he, – he threw a lot of people out too, even with the big bases, which was impressive. Like this – he's he's a very interesting catching prospect for me for the future. I'm a big fan of his. Um, but, yeah, I think like the pitching stuff, like the pickoff things, it's going to be – but, yeah, I think it's between the, the shift and the big base because the shift at least is going to make – maybe that makes a 210 hitter – a 230, 240 hitter because the, the, the balls they were losing out to, to that guy out in, you know, left field or right field, you know, or, or however, you know, I, I think the shift rules are interesting. I do, I do think that like there's a lot of fake good baseball teams that were out there that were just good at, at data and shifting that now they're, they're going to be stuck at normal positions and normal depths. It's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Like, remember when the Brewers were so damn good at it for, you know, their run like two, three years ago? And I don't even know the, the rules or their, their like status of how good they were this year. But mm-hmm. I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, there's, there are teams out there that I think are going to have major defensive drop-offs because they're not shifting because they shifted so often that now that yeah. they're at normal depth, it's going to be, it's going to be like, it's going to be like being on the moon for them. They're not going to know where they're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and something, too, that I, I was thinking about, Juice, when you were talking about pitch timing and it speeding up games, because you get a lot of the purists um, in baseball, uh, <clears throat> Prez, Tony, um, who don't like the faster speed. But people that are going to have to adjust maybe the most, and I know guys like Max Thoma did that at the South Bend level, the broadcasts are probably going to sound a lot different now with a faster paced game, right? Because baseball is such a, was historically such a slow game that you could tell the stories and you could, you know, there was a little more time in between, you know, pitches. And now maybe, you know, now it's going to, it's going to change things. Now it's all of a sudden you're going to be halfway through a story and it's going to be like, hold on, son of a bitch, pitch is coming. Hang on. 
two seconds. All right, here we go. Continue your story. Like I, I'm, that's just the the broadcast nerd in me that's interested to see and that. Ryan, but again, I think it's gonna the, it'll help the broadcast. Maybe. Yeah. And Ron, to build on that, there were plenty of times I watched the South Bend game on my TV yeah. and caught like middle of stories that went into the next inning because that's how quick that the inning was. Like, I mean, wow. imagine. Well, this is the thing too. The the batter has to be in the in the batter's box within a right. certain time too. I think so it's, it's, yeah, it's like eight seconds or some shit like that. Yeah. And they can't, they can't step out like once, right. Or once or something, something like that. Maybe I think they could step up, but they, w- within eight seconds, they eight gotcha. seconds, they have to be in, they have to be in the box. It's something like gotcha. that. I'm just going to say this. I, it, it resulted. And I don't know if this was just South bend. It resulted in a lot of like two, three pitch outs because people were just like, I'm going to get in there. I got no time to think about what this pitcher is going to throw me. I'm just going to see it hit it. And that it, yeah. it it happened often where there were a lot of one pitch, two pitch, three pitch outs, which I liked too. It was like the, it took away like the three outcome kind of mess of what baseball has been, which was, you know, Homer walk strikeout. Right if it's, if it's within three pitches, it was like, oh man, you know, this guy hit, you know, a rocket at shortstop and it was just a good place, you know, defensively. Or, you know, it was nice to like just watch a batter get in there and just, all right, man, I'm going to see it hit it. I think it's also going to benefit the guys that truly have a good eye for the strike zone as well, right? Because if mm-hmm. you truly have that good eye, that's the difference between like, yeah, I saw it because I had time to get adjusted and mentally set versus, yeah, I just saw it because I have a good eye for the strike zone and I know what's strike and what's not. Like, I think, I think a guy like Seiya Suzuki is going to thrive with it next year because it's going to be, you know, like you said, see ball, hit ball or see ball, take ball one. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be, oh, I'm going to sit here and overthink it and. And sometimes that's almost better, right? In sports, like you, you hear so often about like, don't overthink it, don't overthink it, don't overthink it, don't overthink it. Well, like a slow paced game like baseball was perfect opportunity for a psychopath like myself who would be standing in the box going, fuck, 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 what's he going to throw? What's he going to throw? What? Overthink. Oh, like, oh, my God. 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 <laughs> like that would be me the entire time. So I, I really do think that that is going to benefit um, the whole situation. I'm, I'm excited, man. I, I mean, uh, we gotta be. try. I, I we gotta loved, try our. I loved new baseball. I'm just gonna say that, like, I don't know if it was just South Bend and it's in my backyard, but I loved the action. And Ron, to build just last point to build on that, you know, that whole strike zone. That's the next wrinkle of this thing: the challenging of the strike zone. Which yeah. I'm excited to see how that plays out to where they can, you know, radio back and get an answer within 10 seconds of if if an umpire called a correct ball yeah. or strike and. You know when you get when you use that, and only a player can, you know, initiate what the is challenge. It like two is it? Is it two? Cha- how many challenges I, is it? It's I not many. I think it's yeah. like two or th- I think it's like two, and you only get two for like the whole game, unless you're right like twice. The first, the first batter, the first batter of the game is going. I challenge the first two pitches. Well, yeah, and, that's the, and, and that's the thing. Like when it gets to the player, there's a real team aspect of like yeah. throwing. It's not like the manager is the one who mm-hmm. is challenging the balls and strikes. It's it brings up a scenario where you know <laughs> it's three two and the pitcher at the end or the hitter at the end of the year needs one more walk to bonus out. Like, yeah. do you do you do it because you're self like there, there's a selfish kind of oh, yeah. wrinkle to this that could be the a old, possibility. The, the old school vets are probably going to have like dibs on the challenges. 
wouldn't surprise me. Some, like I wouldn't be shocked if I, if we didn't see one rookie next year like challenge a ball challenge or strike. anything. Yeah, you know, that, I we should think... we should do a counter on that. Yeah. <laughs> we should do a counter on that. I think I think what's going to be the most interesting part of it too though is I I think the the challenge more so is just for that egregious call that like ruins a run. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you get you get two guys on, you've scored two runs in the inning, you're feeling it, the pitchers just not finding the strike zone. You've got a chance to hit them and like an egregious like lower yeah. outside strike gets called to end the inning. And like that's when it's going to be no no no. Right. Challenge. Okay. Or two run, or two run that's, strike three in the top of the ninth when right. you're down one. I mean, you, you might or, as well challenge it, it yeah. regardless it's, if it's right or wrong. It's going to be exciting because you know the human aspect is still going to be a part of it. And you get a, you know, Bryce Harper on a bad day, on a very <laughs> bad day. Maybe some some older, you know, some guy just in a slump that you know hasn't you know hit water if he fell out of a boat, and he's just going to be just. Fuck it. I don't care. I'm calling I'm challenging it right now. Don't care. Like you know, you know what's gonna happen. It's gonna be yeah. just, or some vet. There's gonna be some vet like uh like a Nelson Cruz who he is he a free agent? This he may or may I think he's a free agent. Some guy oh, that's like a hundred now. Yeah, some guy that, that hasn't been signed, you know, he probably won't get signed till later in the year that doesn't remember or know all the rules and come in and something happened and he get, you know, called strike three and he didn't even, you know, the pitcher didn't even throw it. It's because he took just something. We're going to see a blow up this year. It's going to be awesome. I hope, I hope we do. I hope we see one blow up from a guy that like doesn't understand the rules or forgets the rules, something, and just go all out on the umpire. And then kind yeah. of find out uh, you didn't know the rule, buddy. You forgot it or whatever. Yeah. You know? And when that rule happens, I, I will guarantee you that Kyle Swarber will be at the top of the leaderboard for once challenged. Oh yeah, could be. He sees like Seah the worst strike three too. calls. He sees like the worst strike three yeah. calls in the history of baseball. Yeah. Say I saw a lot of those last year too. I would have been yeah, shocked if they give Say a full reign. Like, dude, if you think <laughs> it's a ball, time. go for it. You have just all, go yeah. for it. Just point at the ump and be like, you're an idiot. Yeah, fix it. Like, can can we just get like robot umps already? That's. I mean, if we're really doing all of this, like, what's the point? That's just my that's my two cents on it. I mean, it's in this past year, it's gotten to the point where, like, not to get on a huge topic of umpires, it's it's getting to the point where it's like they're being, you know, targeted more, or they've got the spotlight on them. Like just yesterday, uh, Chaz McCormick, uh, he deleted the tweet, or he mm-hmm. deleted part of it, but he was complaining about a call. Last night he struck out on, and two of the pitches weren't strikes. And he's on Twitter, just like not even close, not even close. Like it just seems like this past year there's been so much, just you know, spotlight on them. So yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if in the next two years we don't see robot umps. But then at the same time, some people like like Tony and you know Buzz that you know Ugh. they like the old school. You know they like that part of the game. Maybe you know some it. people like the human factor. I don't know. I. To be honest, I'd probably really like robot, robot, robot umps. You know, once they get into look the at, game, but and like look at look at other sports, look at other right. sports that use robots. tennis doesn't even yep. use it. Tennis, tennis is a perfect example. Yeah, tennis is it's all robotic. Yeah, tennis is all robotic. The only reason that the 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 I don't even know what the technical term is for them. Don't I think they're still on? Uh, I think they're still an umpire. An umpire? Like or that's judge, more for line like judge. Is it might be line judge? I don't know. But like their job is more so like you know, like ethical type things and like, hey, you can't do that, versus like 
boundary. You know what I mean? Like strike zone is boundary, right? Like if you want to, you know, Hey, you can't do that. Like if you need an umpire out there to enforce the new rule changes, sure. That makes sense. Hey, you're too far over. You got to, you got to bump over that. That's an illegal shift, you know, type that type of stuff. But like, Another thing too that it brings to mind in terms of sports, like soccer does that too, mm-hmm. for offside calls yep. and goal calls. Mm-hmm. They can look at a, a robotic thing and it shows, okay, the ball crossed the line. You know, it's a good goal, or you know, this guy was in fact behind the last defender. He's offside. Like they can do that. You know, and I, I don't, I don't see why it's a bad thing. Can, can we, we also s- mention really quick too? Sorry, Juice. Before, before no, go ahead. I get on your tangent here, Tyler's <laughs> Tyler's analogy. <laughs> about not being able to hit water if he fell out of a boat. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of that. That caught me off, off guard. I thought that was funny. I just wanted yeah. to mention that. But what do you got, Juice? No, and just like with millions and millions of dollars in betting, and like this is the way that yeah. viewing sports is going on now, like you got to get it right. I mean, there, there's millions of dollars worth of exchanging hands. It, it can't be decided by – a 60 to 70 year old who's back there who gets his eyes checked like six times a week. Like that's, that's not, there's, it's just stupid to use human error. And especially when you're deciding somebody's money. So I don't know. That's I'm ready for robot arms, but I'm, I'm, I think the South Bend Cubs have made me cynical about all the old, like timey tradition things because Mm -hmm. It, I just I watched the new game down here, and I'm like, this is better than what I watch up there, because yeah, it. Yeah. And the, there were times where I'm like, we we would talk about recording a show, and I'm like, man, if this were a South Bend Cubs game, this game would have been over like an hour ago. And it's not. It's it's a matter of like, there's just so much downtime within a baseball game that just does not make sense, and and that's why I love the new rules. I think everybody's gonna love them too. I really do. I think there's, that there's oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm good. <laughs> I was gonna say there's other uh which speaking of those rules, there's other rules as well that might not be as huge changes, maybe not necessarily towards the game, but as far as roster stuff, don't like uh the whole uh what is it, the a guy can almost be sent up and brought back down five times. Uh there's no more uh there's no more seven game double headers. Uh the schedules, you know, we, we're not going to play everybody in the division as much anymore. Oh, the schedule one, that's an interesting uh, one too. It's an interesting wrinkle. And then there was one. I wear one. I didn't even realize this one. There was one. Uh, there's been there's like incentives for incentives for uh, certain players. I mainly to like keep to keep owners, or, you know, basically from what happened to Chris Bryant to prevent that. Yeah, if that makes any okay. sense. Uh, incentives for not holding players back down until they, you know, what is it like in like May service time manipulation and things There's like certain, that. Yeah, stuff like that. Uh, there was another one I read that might be. I know it's not necessarily. It's not a bit. It's not going to affect anything but the All Star game, but the uh, home run derby. If there is a tie after the ninth inning, I like that. Oh, and the ghost runner. I think the ghost runner is uh, gone after extra or in extras. That would be magical. Yeah. Which, you know, as far as no more as which I know it's not, you don't think about it as far as games, but like if we, if you go back and read what we did, like, you know, if we, you know, you see all the transactions we made last year, as far as guys being called up, sent down, called up, sent down. A lot of that was because of the seven inning double headers. You know, now there's going to be, you know, just nine inning double headers. And now we can't, you know, 
call guys up and down, you know, 15 times and stuff like that. So it might not be necessarily game changes, but there's still going to be some stuff that uh, management front office, uh, David Ross are all going to have to consider and factor in when, you know, putting in the lineup and, you know, which guys pitching this day, how, you know, using certain guys. Yep. Absolutely. All, all good points. Gentlemen, we are approaching the one hour mark. um, So I do want to turn it over back to you guys. Uh, Any final thoughts? I mean, again, World Series baseball is still thriving. Looks like this series is going to be 2-2 after tonight, the way things are trending. So at least uh, two more games guaranteed, it seems like, in this World Series. Again, the last uh, World Series we're celebrating in terms of anniversaries for the Cubs because we're looking forward to the next one. Uh, and rule changes on the horizon, man, that are going to be interesting to see. Uh, gentlemen, final thoughts for the listeners before we get out of here. I love watching Kyle Schwarber in the playoffs. He's a playoff legend. Like, I looked up, I compared his stats to David Ortiz, and they're not quite there yet, but with how much he has left in the tank, dude, like, it just makes you, it just makes you, like, I, you hate going back and, like, looking at what could have been, but it just makes you just really scratch your head as far as why couldn't we, you know, pay that guy whatever. What what It wasn't, was it $10 million we could have paid him? Yeah, it just I think it was it less sucks because just that that's the kind of guy like could you imagine just hanging out with him and Andrew Chafin when they both Andrew Chafin when they both played on the like just two dudes that I would love to just sit down and have a beer with after a game late at night. Man, like but just watching him do what he does and watching hell, even Harper. I used to hate Bryce Harper and now looking back on after, you know, listening to an interview he was in a couple of years ago and all that and looking back on the 2017 rumors of, oh, could Harper sign with the Cubs? And at the time, I'm like, hell no, I don't want him. And now it's just like, God, like what what those two guys are doing, uh, especially Swarber, man, is just, it's just awesome. And uh, one other thing that we haven't really addressed, the elephant in the room, and it got brought, and it got brought up in the World Series, Albert Pujols. <laughs> oh. <laughs> don't think i forgot about that <laughs> i mean used an illegal bat uh after 2010 i don't care if the if the if it was because of safety issues whatever blah 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 it was an illegal bat uh going back to my case you know as far as it, let's not even talk about the peds uh used an illegal bat and now uh, in game one, we find out from Tom Verducci, if I, I probably just butchered his last name, but uh, passed out an illegal bat, gave an illegal bat to Martin Maldonado. So who knows what could have, what he, you know, is he passing out illegal bats to everybody else? Uh, not even talking about, I'm not even talking about the PEDs, which I can or can't confirm, but Albert, and, and what's even crazier is right after that, he signed his little retirement paper, like the day after, like, nope, 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 not getting involved with this, even though everyone talked about how he was going to retire, at the, whatever. But as soon as that happened, just no, no, don't want that. And it just sounds like, you know, MLB has uh, just catered to him, and uh, I, he's a fraud, and I, I, I see it. Other people may not, but I see it. And I've seen it all year long. And just game one of the World Series, I guess it was game one. It was game one or game two, whichever game it was. 
Uh, thank you, Tom, for giving us that information. I'm sure uh, MLB was probably like just screaming at the television as soon as you said that. But thank you. You're a legend. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, we needed one last good Albert Pujols rant out of Tyler before the season was oh, yeah. truly coming forget. to a close. I didn't forget. Oh, legendary. Absolutely legendary. Juice, what do you got for us for final thoughts? I don't know how I follow that other than just telling everybody to go read Tyler's five left-handed batters article that uh, there you go. he put out the other day. That was, that was really interesting to, to read, but no, my final thoughts are just, I hope that everybody next year for baseball has an open mind with these new rule changes because it truly is for the best of baseball to go this route. I think that far too long, the game got too stale. I mean, we're talking about, long games of lots of dead time with next to to zero you know excitement level three outcome i think that there's a lot of these rule changes that are going to make it it's going to make the game better because there's going to be more action if there's more action there's more things that you can market i think the best thing that has happened this this postseason is all the action right it's been uh, it's been a very exciting postseason in terms of lead changes and, and exciting plays. And, and I think it's just interesting to uh, to put rules in place that are going to make that more, you know, more frequent within the game. And I think the Cubs are, like I said earlier, in a really good spot. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'll end I'll end that with I'll I'll end that with an Al Pujols. You know, thank God you're out you're out the uh, out the door, man. I, Tyler, I'm sold. He was using a metal bat all year, and and, could have been. and they were could have been. And well, they hey, were doing we something. can't we can't prove that he didn't. That's we can't prove that he right. did. And, and given second thing, giving a, a bat to Martin Maldonado is probably the uh, the best way to ensure that it never gets touched by a baseball. So yeah, I mean that's well, he was. <laughs> the side note of it is that bat was very safe from <laughs> yeah. from any any hits at all. So, but yeah, I'm, I think this is a good episode. It's good. I want to make sure that the listeners. Um, Make, make sure you guys are going to the YouTube and hitting that bell notification so you guys can get all this uh, this action that we're going to be having here. There's a lot of good stuff coming down the line. We're going to do our, our wish list, and we're talking about that tomorrow and, and over the course of the next couple of days and how we're going to unveil that to, to all you guys. And, and make sure you guys are you know heading over to the Bears stuff, the Sox stuff. Ron, you're doing a great job with all the Hawks um, coverage that's going on. That's a very exciting team, too, that, that came out of nowhere right now. They're playing uh, – some exciting brand of hockey and uh, yeah. And, and just to, just to build on the bear stuff, you've been doing a great job at, I can see the bags between your eyes, man. And, and don't think that it doesn't see, uh, don't think that it doesn't go unnoticed from all around on tappers, buddy. I, uh, I enjoy listening to you on, on those podcasts and uh, yeah, man, it's, it's an exciting time for this company. And uh, I'm excited that, you know, there's a lot of guys on board right now to listen to our cub stuff because to the moon, baby, that's where we're going. Absolutely. I'm so excited for this offseason, for next season. Uh, so many fun things. Obviously, the rule changes, I think, are going to play a part of that. I really do like where baseball's going. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Really, really excited. I'm excited to see how that impacts what the Cubs do this offseason, how they improve this team, and how this team looks better for 2023. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a wild ride. I know. I know we're still excited about the World Series. 
but I'm ready for free agency because I want to know what the Cubs are doing uh, because there's there's just so many options and opportunities for this team to improve and, and be legendary next year. And I, I'm looking forward to next season where, you know, we we, we take a trip out to, to the old South Bend there with, by Juice and hopefully we can get down even to Knoxville for maybe yes, for bedrooms uh, right here, boys. There you go. Hey, we, you know, hopefully we can get down to Knoxville for a little double a Tennessee action at some point on a weekend. Maybe if we could coordinate, maybe a, a, a Des Moines trip, um, you know, and maybe if we really can go wild, even a Myrtle beach trip, maybe get baked Boom. in there somehow. Road trip. A little, little spring break going yeah, doing spring little, break in our thirties. Yeah, <laughs> we get a, we get an on tap sports bus. Let's just get a tour bus and just, just go I'm down. Yeah. That sounds like a plan. And, and we can even do shows from the bus then. And it, yeah. it would be a good time. But yeah, man, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. I agree with you guys. Uh it's gonna be a lot of fun. And exactly like you said, uh, you make sure you check out all of that stuff because, gentlemen, Cubs on Tap is the official Cubs podcast of the On Tap Sports Network. Be sure to check out all of our great work at ontapsportsnet.com and at ontap sportsnet on social media. As Juice said, Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, Cubs, White Sox, we've got it all here for you. Bets, uh, you name it, we've got it. Check it out over on the website. Our boys over at the Sox are talking about a new manager and you know how they get out of their disastrous 500 season and, and we're talking about a bright future over here Cubs on tap. So, uh, you know, maybe a tale of two teams, but nonetheless uh, good information coming from both sides as well. So once again, on tap sportsnet.com at on tap sports on social media and on tap sports network, go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Gentlemen, it's always a pleasure to get back on the microphone with the yes, two of sir. you. Uh, we are one short of a full barn. Joey uh, was, was doing some on tap bet stuff with our boy, Jack Bushman today. So if you didn't see that show, be sure to check that out as well. Uh, they recorded about ooh, maybe about three hours ago. Now as this is, as this is live. Um, but be sure to check that out. And yeah, as Juice said, we're coming back with good stuff all season long uh, and all off season long guests, wish lists, thoughts, obviously analysis and reactions as things happen throughout the off season and so much more. So be sure to tune in all off season long with us here at Cubs on Tap. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure. And what do you say? Are you out of here the only it. way know how? At Cubs it. on Tap. Fuck the Cardinals. Fuck the Cardinals and buckle up, boys. And let's go, Cubbies.